This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by Gems Art Studio. Gems Art Studio is an online store that allows access to prints that you can use for most anything, obviously as just a picture, or as a wallpaper, or as a bookmark, or anything you can think of. You can find Gems Art Studio at etsy.com slash shop slash Gems Art Studio. This podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Organized Chaos Podcast. My name is Bobby Quarters. With me, as always, is Bob. And today, hey. we got a really fun-packed show for you. We're going to be discussing the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, along with uh, the movie Signs and The Happening. I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about some 80s movies that just cannot be made today at all. And... As always, we have Bob's Soapbox for you. And I'm going to take it in with uh, Bob to lead us into talking about M. Night Shyamalan. Bob, how are you? Yes. yes. Ah, doing All good. Right. Uh, today, he, M. Night Shyamalan, we're going to talk about this guy a bit because he's got a new movie and, God, this guy has a great career. Like, <laughs> I love, uh, I guess they're not technically his first two movies, but his first two big movies, Six Sense and Unbreakable, I thought were yeah. great. But after that, it has been all over the place for this guy. His movie, newest movie, Old, it's not as entertainingly bad as it could have been. It's definitely not good, though. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, I, w- <laughs> I will be going over spoilers here, but essentially, like, if you've seen the trailer, it's about this group of people, they go to a beach, and the beach ages you age about one year per half hour. And if you're wondering what the story is, that's it. There's no actual story to Old. It's just these guys on this beach, and stuff happens to them. <laughs> uh, it's it's a high-concept movie, and he does like to do high-concept movies. The problem is, when you do a high-concept movie, there's really two reasons to do it. Because you can do it well, or because you have a really good moral behind it. And guess what Shaman goes for? He goes for neither. I guess he's a true artist. He's going for the unexpected twist of doing nothing with this high-concept. <laughs> To, to go over some of the stuff he tackles, like, uh, actually, he does this again in The Happening. Uh, the main couple, uh, they're going, they're separating, and the wife actually has a boyfriend that the husband doesn't know about. We later find out he does know about it. Um, very similar thing to The Happening, uh, although The Happening and, uh, does it in a much more entertaining way. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, we deal with the kids who are growing up, and uh, there's actually a pregnancy among the kids. Apparently, while the adults aren't looking and the kids are growing, they, they go ahead and have some sex. And uh, a pregnancy takes about 20 minutes on this island, and apparently the baby starves to death within a full minute. Full term? Like, um, full term and like, 20 minutes? Yes, full term. Wow. Totally full term. Half hour in a year, so about 20-minute pregnancy. Good God. <laughs> uh and how does the movie really tackle these issues? Eh, it just kind of does it. Uh, yeah. It's classic M. Night. <laughs> just just establish it as dialogue like, and, oh, this is happening. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. No, that's the whole movie. It's like, oh, this is happening. Okay. Oh, this is happening. Okay. 
what's the story? Eh, stuff's happening. All right. <laughs> We're growing old really fast. Eh, you know. I mean, they do, and they do try to get out of it so many times, and essentially, once they reach the border of this place, they get a headache, and they, they lose memory, and then they end up back on the beach. And they do that, like, probably like a dozen times throughout the thing, and they never come up with really great ideas on how to get out. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like, there are twists in this movie, but they're really bad twists. Um, although one thing, I did want to bring this up because it drove me nuts. So they talk about how, like, oh, we're aging, but our hair and nails isn't growing because they must be dead. So that's why they aren't growing. And it's like, what? okay, sure. That's just an easy out, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Here's... That's kind of unnerving. Uh, something I thought was... <laughs> Well, as the kids were growing up, unless they're shaving, they end up with, like, perfect 5 o'clock shadow as they're growing <clears> up, <throat> which is weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't, that that's not how that yeah, works. Yeah, I wish, man. <laughs> yeah. That comes from shaving. Yes, <laughs> even if you do do it religiously, you still get patches everywhere. Like Yeah, it, it gets weird. Like, for me, for example. Yeah, they get perfect 5 o'clock yeah, shadow. I can't do a full one. <laughs> this is about the only thing that comes in good, so this is what I grow out now. Okay. You, you use what you yeah. got. <laughs> if I do it like this, it'll be super patchy, and then I'll look like I'm actually from Scotland. Ooh. Oh, you know. <laughs> just... But, yeah. Uh, something I definitely think we should bring up about this movie, before we get to the twist, is the Missouri Breaks. This movie is very important because it's brought up several times. And it actually plays nothing into the plot of the movie. Throughout the movie, if when you watch it, the Rufus Sewell's in it. He doesn't give a crap about this movie, by the way. Uh, he is half-assing all the way. But he, he's a crazy guy, and he's constantly bringing up a movie starring Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando that I can't name. And the movie is called The Missouri Breaks. It's a western. And I haven't seen it, but looking at the story, it has nothing to do with this story. So it's like, it, it strikes me as a weird missed opportunity. He could have done something with that, but instead it's just, oh, here's a random movie we're going to bring up. <laughs> Classic M. Night. The misdirection is that there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, the big twist is that this is actually a medical research place. They throw people on this beach to age them up to test out drugs. And the way you could predict this is you actually can't. There's no hints to this beforehand. They just drop it on you. <laughs> well, if you remember from The Sixth Sense, they kind of tease the death thing the entire time. Yes. But it's like yes. they, they were just referencing it, but without saying the word itself. Yes. And yes. then they just dropped it on you. Mm -hmm. And... Well, that's that's, I noticed that that's his style, per se. Mm -hmm. Like, he's kind of been consistently yeah. like that. Yes, well, that's the thing. In The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, like, when you get to, to, to the twist ending, yeah. throughout the whole movie, you've seen evidence of that twist. So when the twist actually happens, it's like, oh, shit, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not this movie. No. <laughs> Because, okay, they bring up how a lot of these people have issues. There's a guy with constant nosebleeds. There's a woman with epilepsy. Uh, the uh, the main couple, the wife has a benign tumor. Yeah. Um, the, the doctor, Rufus Sewell, he's crazy. Uh, his wife has a calcium deficiency. But here's the thing. The main couple, the husband, 
and the kids, they have nothing wrong with them. Uh, the, uh, the husband or the wife with epilepsy has nothing wrong with them. So, okay, like, if all these people had medical things, maybe you could say that's a hint, but we have, like, half the people there that don't have medical things, so that hint's meaningless. Yeah, so it's kind of like they're imagining they're hypochondriacs, but yeah. with actual symptoms. Yeah, it's... Yeah, wow, oh. yeah, ow. That made my head hurt. And then the other two possible hints is... Uh, they're on this island for a day. Most everybody dies of old age, if if not unnatural causes. A couple of them die through other things. Um, so we're left with just two of the kids after a day, and they're, like, in their 50s. And what this one kid is, got this puzzle from another kid earlier in the resort, and that tells him to go through the coral, and the coral is the secret on how to get off this beach. It's like, was that honestly supposed to be a twist? <laughs> and then... The third possible twist was uh, it was indicated that these kids got snagged on the coral through th something that was very easily escapable. Like uh, the sister's uh, dress got snagged on some coral. And it was like, okay, just tear it off. And then it cuts away like, oh, maybe they didn't make it. I was like, well, of course they made it. And then it's revealed like five or ten minutes later, oh, my God, they made it. And I'm like, of course they did. And then the movie takes the time at the very end to show you exactly how they got the dress off. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of figured, guys. Like, it's not that tricky. It's Well, I mean, I've found in some movies when it comes to unnecessary shots, you know, they paid for it. They're going to film it. That's true. That's true. Hey, man, we need to make I mean, this time, even though it's not look that at Lamp short. Look mm. at Lampoon's Vacation. How many times did you see that, like, uh station wagon like full frame shots of it they paid for it that's true i didn't think they about paid that. for it they're gonna that's a much more entertaining movie. oh well yeah it has chevy chase you know and that's like peak ego chevy chase so that's like great oh, yeah. chevy you're not kidding <laughs> <laughs> that oh man uh so essentially we have three twists in this movie two are really lame and one is just you're never gonna guess that one I guess the really big one is something you're never going to guess. Oh. So they go on this beach. Stuff happens. There's twists that you aren't really going to guess because he doesn't give you clues to it. And then the movie ends. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with with Fold. <laughs> All right. So it seems like he's keeping to the uh, rhythm of uh, what was the last one that he did? Glass. Glass. Yeah, yes. kind of, I'd probably say I prefer glass to this. Uh, yeah, I, I I did too, and I was a little disappointed with it because the oh, first yeah, time no, I watched Glass, glass was super. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I had not seen Split yet, but I knew the story pretty yeah. much because yeah. I because yeah. I had heard about James McAvoy's performance or James McAvoy. Yes, mm -hmm. I had heard about his performance, so then I watched it just to kind of watch his performance of it, and holy God, he was great. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You get Unbreakable, which is fantastic. You get Split, which is really good. And then to conclude them all up, we get Glass, which, which is kind of... Which kind of, I really was disappointed with the ending. And yeah, it, well, I really like how... I really, Well, I really dislike how they just kill them all Yeah, I, Especially David. It's like, I don't have anything interesting to do with David, so he drowns in a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought, like, wow, that's... Really? Like, 
Yeah. Really? I mean, I could have seen maybe like the the Beast or James McAvoy's character and Bruce Willis's character both dying, leaving Samuel L. Jackson's character to live. That's kind of how I saw it, but have him be alone. That's really how I yes. thought Glass was going. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of ways it could have gone, and he went for... I don't know he, what he, he went He for. swung. <laughs> I guess he just doesn't want to do it anymore. He swung <laughs> away. Just yeah. <laughs> like in Signs. Duh. Well, Old is not the only Shaman movie we'll be talking about. <laughs> we got Signs here. <laughs> and I am going to swing away for this one. Ooh, swing away. Second callback <laughs> to that movie. <laughs> so, Signs, yes. Uh, this was his first movie after The Sixth Sense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Unbreakable was, yes. So this was his third, right? Yes. Yeah. Third famous. I think he did something with Rosie O'Donnell like beforehand that wasn't part of his... like. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I, doing some research on M. Night, and when I discovered that, uh, when we get to talking about The Happening... Where I, I'll, I'll divulge what I told you earlier about that and on and about Amazon, but uh, mm-hmm. I did see some uh, earlier films that he had made prior to The Sixth Sense, and they are up on YouTube. There's one about him, where it's starring him, and it does look like a student film. No, oh, it probably is. Although he does lots of shots that look like student films. He does, yeah. And but in Signs <laughs> in particular, I, I don't see too many of those offhand. But that story, like, no had a lot of great potential and i mean i i I dig sci-fi as much as the next guy and especially with like contact with lives from other planets love that stuff bring it on i just kind of felt like the aliens were just the footnote in the entire story Mm -hmm. like it just yeah i the whole time like with the building of it and the suspense wondering hey is it this two like uh, you know other farmer brothers guys you know they have some problems with us hey and then that scene where they're at the store the whole family's at the store and they see and they see them and they act really scared and just tense around them but they never go to conf- like confront them about you know their suspicion which i always kind of thought was weird because i'm not familiar with like that type living that out in the rural country area about that but I imagine that if I had a field of, of crops and some stuff like that happened and there's word around town that these two guys are doing stuff like that, I'm going to go ask them about it, you know? That's, yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's like, A, you're trespassing. B, what the hell are you doing on my property? <laughs> that's that's something that always really bugged me the most about that movie. Like, you know, it's like, why don't they just confront this guy? And then it seemed like all of that tension towards those two characters got shifted to M. Night's cameo or obligatory cameo in that movie oh yeah and i kind of just thought like they just kind of got forgotten and they were just kind of a stepping stone to that which the m night thing was more of a stepping stone to the alien reveal video and then they just kind of really turned out to be weaker than the aliens in war of the worlds yeah the the whole (laughs) i love like the atmosphere i love how you know you have this family on a farm and there's an alien invasion. Yeah. And, you know, it really brings it to a personal yeah, level. Yeah, because a lot, of, like, a and lot then, of those big, wide shots of the farm where you just see the field yes. and that house just middle of nothing. Like, that's yes. that's great. Like, that builds fear. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just yes. talking about those shots, those establishing shots. 
all of that is yeah, great, but and even the lighting that he used in that when they were when they thought those brothers were attacking the field, but it was really just the aliens, and it was pretty much Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson about ready to beat the crap out of him with a baseball bat. <laughs> and don't mess with Mel Gibson, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I, I'd say don't 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 mess with a drunk Mel Gibson, and oh God, and yeah. at the risk of being a little taboo, don't be Jewish. <laughs> well, <laughs> it won't go. I mean, yeah. he hates. <laughs> to quote Ricky Gervais, yeah, just a bit. Ricky <laughs> well, Yeah, it, it's one of those movies. I feel, you know, when you're first watching, it's like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. And then, like, as you learn more, as we learn more about this threat, you realize this is this is stupid. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it it really kind of just it was a letdown. For the sense of an alien oh, science God, fiction yeah. movie. And yes. he has a great... Well, M. Night has a really great way of, like, you know, story building and tension building. He's really good at that and, like, doing it visually without even dialogue. Like, that Sixth Sense is a great example of that, too. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. where uh, Haley Joel Osment's character is, like, slowly kind of going up those stairs following the balloon... You, as like he's climbing oh, yeah. up, you know, you just kind of hear like the sound of the spirit that's in that cellar and that hollow like wind tunnel sound as the sounds of the party start to fade down as he's rising up the stairs. That's a great sound design and B just amazing like a tension building. <laughs> yes, it's maybe. Yes. Is and it? I feel like a lot of that tension building is even better in science. Yeah. And uh, the elements of it do really great with, like, even the cuts of the flashback. How they, how, yes. how you see most of it and then it stops. And then you, we go back mm -hmm. to it. You kind of see some of what we already saw, but, you know, we start a little bit earlier and then we get to see a little bit more and then it stops. And then mm -hmm. they have that big reveal at the end and then the metaphor came for Walking uh, Phoenix to drink all the discarded water. And by the way, I mean, <laughs> you're you're a parent, Bob. If you had a daughter who would be or a kid who was leaving, like you know, half drank glasses everywhere, you, you'd clean up after the kid, or would you just every night? Just yeah, <laughs> I, you don't leave it lying around. You don't leave... No dead soldiers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I just the, the just the more you think about these aliens, the more it's insane. It's like, hey. We're weak to water. Let's go to a plant with a high humidity level, and, and it not only that, let's let's go there naked. Why and not? Also, <laughs> the, and, and the majority, and also the majority of the population of the planet and its inhabitants are made of seventy percent water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Sure. <laughs> These aliens—they like a challenge. We don't understand. <laughs> I mean, they could have just been smart, like the Mars Attacks aliens, and you know, just had some gum. Yeah, uh, just uh, just mainly invading your ships. Hell, I mean, yeah. Mark. <laughs> oh but my yes, god! Signs. Oh. I mean, great idea, really great idea. Terrible ending, and subpar execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was definitely like that was. I was huge into Shaman when that movie came out. I remember that. Because I was really pumped after Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. I was like, oh, the new yeah, Night Shyamalan. I, I was excited wait. about that one, too. I went to the theaters with my uh, cousins to go watch that opening weekend. Yes. So, well, I I went, uh, yeah, I went with my family to see yeah. the opening weekend. And I was so excited. And then after I left, I was like, well, that wasn't as good. 
And, like, it's one of those things where you just spend, like, a week with it. And after a week, you're like, oh, wow, that just sucked, dude. After <laughs> it, my, uh, my oldest cousin up north, uh, Nick, his co- we, he, we went, he took, he drove me and my other cousins there along with his girlfriend at the time, now his wife. But I remember as we were driving to drop her back off home, he was like, guys, don't talk about it. That movie really creeped her out. Mm. And I mean, to be fair, at her defense, where she was living at it with her parents, it kind of was like a little tiny farmhouse like that, because that's the area of Toledo where she lived. So, understandable. Like, we left. Yes, we left. Yes. I said, over, I looked over to my cousin. I was, I was going to say, uh, I'm happy you said that. And he's like, yeah, because you looked like you wanted to say something. What do you want to say? Oh, a cornfield. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. But I mean, he still can have like a really great idea and have it be really hated, but I but still have a small percentage appreciate it, like the village for me. I liked that twist. I thought it was really. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super predictable. Yeah, it might have been, but it was still it, it's great, and it kind of really makes me think twice I mean, whenever I drive past one of those historic towns, like you know those tourist towns. I guess I would take a predictable twist over something like old, where it's just, like, from left field. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, I kind of saw it coming uh, right after uh, the reveal of the monster costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, well, where the hell could have someone from this time period... Oh! <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, but, you know, one quote I want to say about cheap movies <laughs> is, you know, cheapness in the case of a monster movie has nothing to do with the budget of the film, although it helps. But true cheapens is exemplified by visible nylon strings attached to the jaw of a giant spider, as said by Frank Zappa. <laughs> That's an excellent quote. Yes. yes. I... This is a, a new segment we'll be doing on the podcast. We'll probably do it fairly regularly. Uh, based on the quote of, Paul, of film critic Pauline Kael, movies are so rarely great art that if we cannot appreciate great trash, we have very little reason to be interested in them. So the, the, con, the, the segment will be uh, appreciating great trash and the keeping with the M. Night Shyamalan theme, we will be talking about the happening. What? Oh. No. In fact, here, I actually put together a little video clip for just this. Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. We're packing hot dogs for the road. You know, hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape. They got protein. You like hot dogs, right? My name is Elliot Moore. Just going to talk in a very positive manner. Should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. All right, The Happening. In my opinion, his greatest bad movie. Oh my god. Um, this thing is completely entertaining. Uh, I kind of love it for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I think the biggest, the big, biggest, biggest asset of this movie is Mark Wahlberg giving his most Mark 
Wahlbergius performance. Wahlbergius? Uh, he is just... Wahlbergius? Huh? Yes, Wahlbergius. Marky Markius? Uh, I don't know. Mark? <laughs> it is... I have something to say that, but I'll let you Okay. Well, uh, if you were to envision Marky Mark as an actor, th this is the performance you'd probably imagine him giving uh, as opposed to what he normally does, which is usually better than this. He's not the greatest actor ever. He can sometimes really pull off something great. Oh, yeah. Not this movie. He can pull off something <laughs> but, amazing if he wants to, like in The Departed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was great in that. <laughs> but, oh, here he is just so bad, and I, I love it. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Uh, uh, the, the, wow, break fart. So, this movie is uh, a new twist on the slasher genre, where now we have plants uh, killing people. Now, this isn't the first movie to do that. Um, uh, I brought up uh, the thing. God, what was it? Thing from another world. The original yeah, the thing. Thing from movie. another world. Uh, that's yes. That is an evolution of a plant is the monster. And then what? What, what did you bring up? Little shop of horrors. Oh yeah, little shop of horrors. Duh. <laughs> that's obvious there too. And then know. the Frank Oz musical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> back back when practical effects meant puppets and actual sets. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I would take some CGI over the wind in this <laughs> one. My God, my God. <laughs> I mean, this movie, the wind, uh, plants are killing people, and it's traveling by the wind. And their best option is to outrun the wind. And it's like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? The wind's gonna catch up with you if it wants to catch up with you. I'm sorry. It, it's the wind. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, quick, let's close up the door and stick a towel in there. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure this house is airtight, yes, so you, you yeah, should be fine. Yes, insulation <laughs> is important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is just an amazing movie in so many ways. <laughs> what? No. What? <laughs> but uh, just everything. Mark Wahlberg, like, there's there's the, like, I brought the affair thing going on in this movie. What was it? Like, we went out for dessert for tiramisu and I didn't tell you. And I feel guilty about it now. And it's like, Okay, and then he does the great thing with the cough medicine. <laughs> there was a pharmacist that was totally cute. I went up and I almost bought cough medicine from her, and I feel absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like great dialogue there, M. Night. That's that's some brilliant stuff. <laughs> All killer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marky Mark is doing his Marky Mark thing, and, and Zoe Dachanel is checked out this movie so hard. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel she's always checked out in every performance, but that that's just me. I don't know. I think I think there's kind of a deadpan style to her performance, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it just comes off as completely don't give a shit. And maybe it's just she doesn't give a shit, but people can work with it better. Yeah, I, I get that way with Aubrey Plaza as well. But I think like a lot of that is just like her comedic shtick. Yes, and yes. She very much has a shtick. Yeah, she does, mm -hmm. but she also has great timing with it too. 
Yeah, that's true. But then we, yeah, like I sometimes it just kind of feels like you know they just kind of put a laser pointer. Okay, Zoe, go over there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like the happening, especially with everybody, especially with Marky Mark. Like it feels like some of the reactions and stuff. It's like, okay, here's your cue. React. Re React, everybody. <laughs> wait, wait. I have a science teacher. I have to figure this out. <laughs> Calculus. He's just saying these random fucking things trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> it's some of the... <laughs> this movie's kind of great. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. I never thought somebody who made The Sixth Sense and Signs less than ten years later, or was it about ten years? I think it was a little less than ten years yeah. later, make one of the best So Bad It's Good movies ever. <laughs> Oh, I, I think that in this segment we're going to try and find one that might be better. <laughs> Ooh, well, I mean, there's definitely ones that are better. I don't know if there's better ones in his uh, filmography. In his filmography? Uh, no, mm. I think we've hit the pinnacle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, guys, I can make great movies and I can make shit, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, The Happening is just so much fun. I highly recommend everybody check that one out. Um. Now to go over some uh, 80s movies yes. that can't be re remade today. Bobby Quarters has got some stuff he wants to bring up. <laughs> so, first of all, Bob, you would agree with me that comedy is subjective, right? Very much so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, like like be, with comedy being subjective, obviously some things age like wine over time and really yeah. great and even funnier as time goes on. Mm. On the other hand... <laughs> Some things really don't age really well at all and are just downright awful and offensive. And with today's world of comedy especially, you know, it's under a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, a lot of people are finding things wrong with it or things in past features and everything. But at the same time, Big Hollywood wants to keep remaking a bunch of stuff from the time. So I kind of put together a little short list of about some 80s movies that were just really raunchy comedies for the time, but a lot of the jokes are horribly dated, and mm -hmm. they just really don't age so well. So number, so I'm going to start at the bottom of the list and work my way to number one. Number four, on, and Bob, feel free if you want to add anything, chime in. All right. Number four. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, Troubles of High School. You know, that, that's still a trope that can still definitely be explored today. And talking about all these different kids that all go to the same school, a lot of it still works today. And a lot of it still can be, but one of the main characters in the film, um, I believe she was played by... Uh, why am I drawing a blank on the actress right now? I think her name was, I think it was Elizabeth Shue? And a character in the movie gets pregnant, teen pregnancy. Okay, that's still something that carries weight. MTV has a very successful series about that. So still a little little touchy, but still, you know, can still be uh, dealt with in a film. Now, a teen getting an abortion. I don't know about that. I feel that that's... No, not, not against abortion or anything. Like, they show her going to the clinic and as much of the procedure as they could show in a PG-13 film at the time. <laughs> was that PG-13? I thought that was R. No, you're right. R, yeah. It was R, yeah. Okay. So mm. they still show as much of it as they can for an R movie. 
mm-hmm. I, I still kind of think like, wow, they're actually, oh, they're doing this. And it, it had obviously been a while since I had watched it. I think I watched it when I was in high school. But I, there's a lot of it I don't remember. And the controversy with, well, I guess, one one issue of it that I I had, and it's just a character issue, a uh, character in there who knocked that girl up, agreed to help her pay for half of it, agreed to give her a ride, completely ghosted her. And it's like, Wow. I suddenly remember the first time I watched this movie, I didn't like this guy and meet the first time I saw him. And now I remember why I didn't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, but I mean, you know, I'm not so sure. There's also a lot of fun that stuff one... that, you know, I just, I, I personally. Just... Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't know how I think that's OK, because. Uh, season one, Jessica Jones, I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, that actually deals with an abortion as well. Okay. Um, I think I think it's been a long time since I've seen well, that movie, so maybe I'm misremembering how it's handled. Well, but I I think it could get away with. Was it. Jessica Jones um, a 15 year old high school student? No, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad. It's it's a trick. Now, it's tough. I would say you. Now that the more I think about, it, I could see an argument as to why it won't be remade. Is because it's if it gets remade, it's going to be a corporate thing, and they're not going to want to have it. Yeah, they, and they, and they <laughs> won't touch it because they'll have a bazillion yeah. sponsors behind it. Yeah, you know you mm-hmm. can't sell a you can't sell a Happy Meal of that. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great toy. <laughs> it's a ketchup dispenser. It's a collectible. It's mint, still in package. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there is some great stuff. Like when the uh, when the uh, token stoner kid, played by Sean Penn, masterfully, yeah, <laughs> he steals this movie. Uh, he uh, oh, steals yeah. the lead football, the big football star quarterback guy, played by Forrest Whitaker. He steals his hot rod car. I think it's a Pontiac or some muscle car of the eighties. Goes joyriding with his brother, and then famously said, "People on lewds should not drive." Then proceeds to crash apart, and then just make it look like their rival, who the team is playing that week, did it. And hey, you know, maybe a little GTA, you know, just to to throw a football game. In that case, a win's a win. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. well, let's moving on. Caddyshack. Now, okay, this is a one that I kind of. I kind of found some stuff that would work really well today and some stuff that they could probably omit and not really leave in, though the purpose of those jokes were to establish that, you know, the higher class people, the rich people, were just pieces of shit. (laughs) Now, a movie about, you know, slobs and lower class people uh, knocking the higher class down a peg or two, that could resonate very well today. Very well today. Some of the jokes from uh, the uh, people in the country club, their racist jokes probably would be could go without. Like uh, when the lead guy, Judge Smells, who was played by Ted Knight, he stops a priest and he asks, did you hear about the priest, the rabbi, and the uh, colored boy who got into heaven right after he asked a porter who, who was working there, who happened to be an African-American male, to shine his shoes? <laughs> then he just proceeded to really burn the crap out of his shoes. <laughs> Yes. As as one should, because 
a lot of it established that, you know, these people are garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see. Yeah. I see why that won't get remade, because the people who would be, like, the powerful would be the people behind this movie, so they won't want to do that. Yeah. That being said, I love that aspect of the movie, because it kind of shows... What a piece of crap these people I mean, are. Yeah, even even as far as like uh, the toast for his boat. <laughs> I think I vaguely remember all of it. <laughs> it's like it's easy to grin when your ship sets in and you've got the stock market beat, but the man worthwhile is the or the man worthwhile is the man who could smile whose pants aren't too tight in the seat. God, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Funny though, and also oh, a yeah. little side note though, half of the uh, behind the scenes of Caddyshack are just as wild as the movie. Yeah, that movie. I believe it was Harold Ramis's first movie. It was one of his first, and so he had very little. It was he had very little experience directing, and it was also written by a, a team of National Lampoon writers. Some of the same writers who wrote Animal House, uh, Doug Kenny included. Yes, and Doug Kenny was a yes. master who died way before his yes. time, and oh yeah, circumstances. Well, the weird thing also is, uh, yeah, he wrote it, but there is so much of that movie that was also just uh, improv. Yeah, like, like Bill Murray's shtick was largely yeah, like the uh, whole like you know Cinderella. Which you can tell whole Cinderella story. Yes, him just that was just him fucking around. <laughs> Harold's yes. like, let's record this. This is great. And I, I yeah, know like well, the Bill Murray's shtick in that movie is great. That whole scene between Bill and Chevy also was like improvised completely. Yeah, nothing of that was scripted. It was all just off the cuff. And I believe also yeah. that is well, the first time that the two of them were ever in the same room together since Bill took the role or his spot on SNL. Yes. Yeah. Well, that they noticed in the script that they there was no scenes with those two together. And they're like, we want to put together a scene, but we don't have anything written, so yeah, guys. they just let them do their thing. <laughs> yeah. And Bill, have fun, guys. Do something goofy. Do something. And Bill was just Bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right that that movie's too much of a classic <laughs> yeah that movie is a real classic and it really pained me to put put this on here because i i love that movie mm. i'm a huge lampoon fan and even though this isn't under the lampoon banner i i consider this a national lampoon it, it i i didn't occur to me it's not under the banner but yeah it's kind of it has a it has a lot of those same well does kenny especially okay. um and like and harold ramus was involved with it i thought Yes, he was. Oh. And a lot. And yeah, mm. Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably just let him do Gotta whatever he about. wanted to because, you know, well, he, at that point, he was like the king of comedy. Yes. Well, talk about a guy with perfect delivery and timing. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I would say, you look at. I'm sorry, go ahead. His jokes on paper are fine, yeah. but, like, his delivery is brilliant. <laughs> it is. Like, I would say the only other person who would rival him at that time period would have been Don Rickles. And that's another one yeah, who has yeah. some great timing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. We're on number three. So, number two, Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. 
So, yeah, you know, a story about standing up to bullies, again, that could really work well today. However, there's a lot of stuff that was very common at the time and common in a lot of these movies. Like every movie on this list I will bring up that, or I have brought up, or at least if not, a lot of it was just the time and it's how culture was. And obviously with time, culture evolved. So the story standing up to bullies, that can work absolutely today. But a lot of the stereotypes, like their depiction of the Lambda 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 member uh, Lamar, a gay black man, that and that just was horribly stereotyped and doesn't age very well. As long as as well as their um, uh, other uh, housemate, I think uh, Taji, or not Taji, but the Japanese boy who was there. Oh shit! Yeah, I forget <laughs> the character's name, but yeah, <laughs> that was um. Fun fact, that actor's American. Yeah, so it's kind of like a short circuit thing. Yes. Uh, Well, he's not... He is of Asian descent. It's not 100% short circuit. Okay, okay, it's not 100% uh, that. But, uh, yes, he... he, Like, if you actually see him talk, he has a normal accent. Or normal. American accent. But uh, in the movies, he also did the same thing in uh, UHF. It's like... The super stereotype Asian, like, accent, like, the, which like is talking, just something like, like Mickey Rourke and Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> oh, that was not '80s, but that one is pretty bad. <laughs> but also, you know, there's other know. than that. There's also a lot of other stuff that is not appropriate today, like uh, the whole surveillance. They know the sorority yeah. hat, panty raid, which I'm sure that shit still goes on on campuses. Not the surveillance, but panty raids. I'm sure something equivalent to that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did live near OSU at one point in my life, and it was too close for comfort for me, mostly just because I work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have energy for this. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I, I work in the morning, and I don't drink. Nothing about what they're doing appeals to me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. And, well, yeah. That and along with a lot of that stuff qualifies as sexual yeah, assault now. Of <laughs> sexual assault. <laughs> One thing that why this movie, if it were to be remade, they have to cut this out or find a better way to approach it. The whole rape scene. Yeah. Now it may not be, oh god, traditional definition of it, but he, yeah, no, he raped her. And later on in those sequels, that woman became his wife. So some sort of like borderline Stockholm syndrome as well. Nice. So now after that, I don't know what can get worse than a mistaken identity for sexual intercourse. But number one on this list is a legendary raunchy's 80s comedy called Porky's. Oh, yes. The quest for losing one's V card. Luckily, these boys in Florida, they do know a spot just where that could possibly even happen. A place called Porky's that is on the swamp. It's pretty much like the modern day ginger, like a ginger or juke joints back in the uh, days of Prohibition. There's gambling, liquor, women. But it's a place that's kind of like in the country, in the rural country. And that's the plot of that movie. But this guy, they go there to try and find meet some ladies. It doesn't go so well. They pull a. Pr- he just takes their money and dumps them in the swamp and just, you know, that's it. Messes with these kids. As an adult, yeah, I would mess with some kids if they came out to my house in the middle of the country. I would. But that's just me. 
But the movie itself, that that whole can work. Again, the dialogue in it. <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of casual racism. <laughs> A lot mm. of casual racism in it. Now, again, I, uh, unfortunately, like all these, product of their time. But also there's a lot of, like, just really gross sexual behavior that I don't think could fly in a cinema today. And mostly just because of standards and the Me Too movement. Uh, these guys pulled a lot of kind of cruel pranks on their female classmates. And a lot of them kind of either embarrassing them in a way. Like one student called a place where a girl was working, asked her to get on the intercom and ask if anyone has seen Mike Hunt. Hmm. Yeah, my friend Michael Hunt. I don't get it. Oh. My friend Michael Hunt. Yeah, he goes by Mike. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I love a good prank call. Yeah. <laughs> and that's part Simpson classic. Though the Simpson hadn't come out yet, so now we know where, now we know yeah. where Brady what? got it from. Those those calls to Moe's are all they classics. Are. <laughs> but I think the big thing of why is the infamous shower room scene. Where uh, these boys, they find a hidden area in the school where they could hide and crawl behind the walls of the girls' locker room in the showers. And they could move some pipes, and it's a perfect peephole for them to see inside. Now, with the high school antics of a movie like this, I'm honestly surprised American Pie didn't do it. They pretty much did the equivalent with a webcam. Only toned down quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, some of the pranks in there were really hilarious, like really funny, and, you know, some of it still is really funny, but aside from the casual racism and cringy dialogue, if all that would be omitted, it might be. But again, a lot of that is what the core of what made all of these movies so great, so why even bother? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, these movies are very much products of the time. Yes. But yeah, they most of them do have that trope where it's almost like the heroes go out and they check out women naked without their permission. It's like ooh, do like a lot that's of like, not good. Probably deplorable <laughs> things, but these are the heroes. Yeah, that's really really bad. Like uh, I think really American Pie was like the last gasp of that, and that was toned down quite a bit. Um, and as they periodically mash- just went on, they just kind of became more just comedies. I think American yes. Pie 2 well, is just a straightforward comedy with a little bit of sex jokes. Yeah, well, they don't broadcast a naked woman. As I recall, they don't broadcast a naked woman. They they do walk in on him, and then the naked woman mess with them. So it kind of it works better if you look at it from that standpoint. It's not being broadcast to whoever has an email. Yeah. <laughs> what, broadcast to Blink-182? Was that yes, the band in yes, that, that one? Yes, was, and their monkey. Okay. And their monkey. Yeah. I don't know why I remember but, the monkey uh, more than Blink-182, but... <laughs> but uh, uh, Animal House does this, but Animal House does it weird because there's almost a fantasy aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, Fast Times does it as well. That That's revealed to be completely fantasy, if I remember yeah, correctly. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, and good old Judge got caught uh, indulging. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Doesn't anybody knock anymore? <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely better or worse examples, and uh, for me, I'll, I'll admit, I've never been a huge fan of Revenge of the Nerds. I think the premise is actually completely solid. Yeah. But, like, uh, 
in that movie, they do that, and it's almost treated like, yay, we saw the chicks naked, yay! It's like, ooh. They had it, that's a, they that had it all well. on the television in the living room, like. Yes. It's like, oh my god. Come on, guys. <laughs> I think one of them even came but down, yeah, like, you're still watching that? Yeah, it. It's like I, I I see why you guys aren't getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, those are four '80s movies that shouldn't be <laughs> that can't be remade today. That could be fun. It could be. I mean, maybe if it was like a direct streaming service, like definitely not Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't know Disney Plus. It'll be in the kids section. Oh, it'll, it'll be animated. <laughs> Oh, anime. Well, I mean, it's speaking of animations and things that shouldn't be remade or even see the light of day, but the Song of the South has weird edited releases. It's not on Disney Plus, though. Yes, it does. I think I think if you were able to find an original release copy, it is worth some change. That's right. Like Disney Plus actually has a lot of those movies. Just for warning, I don't think Song of the South. It is not. I pretty much. It is not. I actually checked that when I signed up. Okay, I I, I haven't checked. Pure curiosity, but yeah, that'd be pure curiosity. That'd be insane. (laughs) I mean, I still watched. I watched Dumbo, and it did give me a disclaimer at the beginning. Oh God! Isn't the isn't the main crow in that actually named Jim? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's voiced by a guy, a white guy who did uh, that shtick as mm-hmm. the white guys doing black voices. It's timeless. <laughs> yeah. Like rewatching, I was just going, oh, oh, God. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Shame on you, Disney. Yeah. But it's not the first time Disney's ever done that. No, Disney would never do that. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. They wouldn't make, you know, they're they wouldn't innocent. make Asian Siamese cats. No! Oh my god, do you imagine how racist that would be? That'd be so insane. They certainly wouldn't sing a song about it either. Oh god. <laughs> we are Siamese if we please? That just came off the top of my head. That's not an actual song that Disney Oh, not at all. That that doesn't That is not a part of the Walt Disney Corporation in any way. Yeah. It's Pixar. Oh, wait, I got a copyright notice now. What's oh, going on? It's Pixar. It's Eisner. Ruining the company. We aren't claiming this, but we're going to take money from you. <laughs> yeah, we would love to take $70 a year from followers. Nah. All right. Uh, so, to end out the episode, I still have my soapbox. And I'm going to be talking about COVID, which is something I know a lot of people haven't heard about yet. <laughs> COVID is not a thing in most people's lives. I should probably take off uh, Revenge of the Nerd. Well, I mean, I gotta say that my phone service has been really crappy since my uh, 5G shot, so. Really? I really found my Wi-Fi is doing great well, since my great. shot. <laughs> my, 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 my phone service itself, like when I'm out in the world. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was like a great Wi-Fi anymore. Yeah. It just, everywhere I go, I got it. Oh, it's just so hard to find the right information. My old site's gone. Yeah. He just turned out to be some guy living in his mom's basement. I, I just... Aww. But anyways, the news... The news is... How the news is reporting the COVID uh, right now is actually outrageously into... Uh, getting serious. It, it's outrageously um, irresponsible. 
And they're doing it for shock value. I put together a clip here. Uh, we'll go ahead and play it right now. But it's, it's insane how they are uh, reporting this right now. And... Hey, that is actually something I want, but that's not what I meant to click on. <laughs> Here we go. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Tonight, for the first time in months, the CDC is predicting that the rate of COVID deaths in the U.S. will rise well into August. Across the country, the average daily number of new infections have more than tripled in a month. Think about that. And there's this. Nearly one in three U.S. counties are experiencing a rapid spread of the virus. This summer surge is driven by that highly contagious Delta variant. This morning, the U.S. facing a COVID resurgence. New cases tripling in the last month, driven in part by the Delta variant, now estimated to make up 83% of new infections. Painting a grim picture of the new reality inside some hospitals, tonight the numbers from the CDC reflect our nation slowly slipping back towards crisis. As we surpass 50,000 infections a day, new cases, hospitalizations, even daily deaths are spiking again. Hospital admissions on the rise in 36 states. Experts say that Delta variant has a viral load that is 1,000 times higher than the original coronavirus strain. One of the experts here in Baton Rouge said, it appears as though the Delta variant turns off your immune system for just a little bit, allowing that virus to multiply inside of you even before antibodies can start being developed. In the nation's former COVID capital, new infections have increased nearly 2,000%. So what the news is doing is they're reporting on COVID, but it's all about uh, that what they'd like to do is report on the percentages or making it sound like a big story. They will, in their defense, that clip was taken all from uh, NBC, ABC, and CBS all in the past couple of days of how they're talking about COVID. They will occasionally bring up the vaccine numbers, but all, only as a slight aside and primarily focus on the huge surge and how bad COVID is and oh my God, COVID's going to kill us all. And some of the stuff they're ignoring is actually unbelievably vital. I have some of the stats right here. Uh, so Texas right now, according to the Texas Tribune. Uh, oh, where did I see? Okay. Uh, there have been 9,000 COVID deaths since February in Texas, according to the Texas Tribune. And 43 of those have been people who are fully vaccinated. If you're wondering, that means 0.4% of the people who have died were fully vaccinated. Now, according to Forbes, in the month of June in the state of Maryland, zero fully vaccinated people have died of COVID. Uh, according to Deadline, 99.8% of all COVID deaths in LA were among the unvaccinated over the past six months. According to the Associated Press, AP, in the month of June, 8% of COVID deaths in the U.S. Were among the, were among the vaccinated. So what this tells us is that we have an epidemic almost exclusively among the unvaccinated. The story that the news is really ignoring in an attempt to gin up the, the fear-mongering and get the ratings is that the, is that the vaccines work. They work extremely well. Yes, there are breakthrough cases, but they are in the extreme minority. The news is instead just hyping up, oh my God, isn't COVID bad? And it makes it sound like 
we are all going to die from COVID because these vaccines aren't working and it's all surging. And they do this by like disguising the numbers and percentages. They will be like, oh, we have a 5,000% increase in COVID. How many COVID cases do we have there? One. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> they're just ginning it up. But, and they're hiding our re the real numbers. And it's, it's an incredibly frustrating situation because right now what we have is a vaccine that works and the news barely talks about it. And it's extremely frustrating. And at the end of the day, the moral is get vaccinated. Get vaccinated and then we can end this thing. Because this, this pandemic, it's going among the unvaccinated people. If it mutates to something that the vaccine isn't effective against, which it hasn't yet, it'll do it within that group of people. And the news is frustratingly ignoring this. And, you know, I'm not even talking about the partisan networks. This is ABC, NBC, and... CBS. CBS, yes. They're talking about this as if, oh my God, COVID will kill us all. And vaccines work. And they're ignoring that just as much as possible. Just a little bit here and there. Oh, well, you know, it's not... They'll be like, oh my God, 200% increase. To, to cut to cut in here for a second, oh, sorry, to, sorry to throw you off. Yes. But these Go are ahead. the uh, state local ones, right? Are like our major three in our state? Or are these like national? What are you talking about? Like the national news networks, like the the, the, the big three. Yeah, no, those, are, those are the national news. National news? news? Yes, those are all, those are all close yeah, to the national that, news. That's kind of horrendous and disgusting at the same time. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, COVID was good for ratings. And while COVID was actually a huge deal, if they're ginning it up as a big deal, I'm kind of okay with it. But right now they're still doing it just to gin up those ratings. It's like, guys. There's more going on. If you get vaccinated, it's over. You know, it, you, that's that's the concern. The concern, the main story should be, we need to get these vaccines yeah. out. Like something they've not really touched upon. The reason why the Olympics are such a big deal, big deal right now is I think it's probably better now, but like a couple weeks ago, it was like 6% of the Japanese population was vaccinated. Yeah. That's why that was a big deal. And the the story is we need to get these vaccines out. We need to get in people's arms. Not, oh my God, COVID will kill us all. Because if you hear, oh my God, COVID will kill us all and some people are vaccinated, you might just think, well, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. But it does matter. <laughs> Jeez. But the, those are just my thoughts. And it's unbelievably frustrating how the national news is reporting this. Yeah, that is. That, that, that's... I mean, I for news, I... I Personally, my main source for news, you, you already referenced them earlier, and that's the Associated Press. Because mm -hmm. straight down... Well, yeah. Straight down the middle, here's what we know, here's what this means. A lot of the news has the issue, but I do find, like, written sources are usually better, but you, you gotta look at all the sources. Like, yeah. I go online for a lot of stuff, but you gotta be careful with all that well, stuff. You got to make sure they know what they're talking yeah. about, you know, because there's so much online. You, you, you could <laughs> fall into a cue hole very easily. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Q. Oh, God. No, oh, you're, no. you're absolutely right. But I do check other resources. I do check those main ones. I also read uh, the Post mm -hmm. and the Times and uh, the Journal. Mm -hmm. And those are like the oh. main ones I will check. Uh, I... I have seen a few great articles covering certain stories from the Texas Tribune, so I thought, I thought it was kind of interesting mm -hmm. that you brought them up. 
Yeah. But, uh, well, I hear locally, like I'll hear it on local radio, and this is like here in Columbus, so like local Columbus mm-hmm. radio, like news radio. I'll hear them just say, "Oh, we had, uh, and today's numbers of cases were twenty, and yesterday's and yesterday's co- reported cases were 17. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. That's more helpful. And, mm-hmm. and it's red, but hospitals are still full of people who have it, and but the major, mm-hmm. but the percentage of but ninety five percent of the people who are in hospitals are unvaccinated. Yes, and Ooh. that's. That should be the story. You. <laughs> if you go on national news, that's the story. Yeah. Hey, COVID cases are surging, but s- just stress all the time. It's among the unvaccinated. You don't want to be one of these numbers. Get a fucking shot. Go to your local grocery store and get they a shot. Are, just, that's all you got to do. They you. are free of charge. Yes. Mm. I don't know how still and, familiar you are with Columbus, but when I got mine, they had it at a drive through uh, a drive-through like vaccination center at the uh, Ohio, mm-hmm. like the fairgrounds. Like, well, literally yeah. drove my car in and it was empty. Like nobody was there. Me and a car following me. That just some people just like propelling in to get their shot nice. too. All yeah. these em- empty so, lanes. Got my shot. Had to sit and wait a little, and I was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that second shot kind of knocked me on my butt. But that's the thing. Like, if you're concerned about side effects. There are side effects, but they last for like a day, and they're a lot better than the side effects of COVID. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the one and done. I did the J&J. I was brave. Yeah. And uh, Well, they taught... The side effects I had, I had a sore arm. I kind of felt like shit day of for like the rest of the remainder of the day. But I wasn't violently ill by any means. I just kind of felt cruddy. Like, I would compare mm-hmm. it to not getting enough sleep. Well, lots of people like to talk about the numbers, yeah. too. And Johnson & Johnson, actually, their numbers are not well represented. Because uh, when Pfizer did their uh, test, uh, it was when COVID was much less a severe thing. So there's much less people to get exposed to it. Uh, so their numbers look really good. Johnson & Johnson actually did uh, their numbers when COVID was spiking. Mm-hmm. So their numbers don't look as good. And... Uh, they actually did, I believe, in the U.S. and Africa, I believe they also did their test, which uh, I believe Pfizer and Moderna just did their test in America. Yeah. So that's why their numbers are skewed. That being said, it still is almost 100% effective against serious hospitalization or death. So, like, if you just don't want to do one and done, Johnson & Johnson works good. I bet you those, uh, you know, the, nine, the, the efficacy rate... I bet you if Johnson & Johnson did their test during the same time as Pfizer and Moderna, it'd actually be much oh, higher. Numbers. So if you want to do one and done, Johnson & Johnson, ignore the numbers, go for yeah. it. No. That, that, that was really, and really how they did their testing and when they did their testing is really what made me decide on Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, Johnson & Johnson. I did, cool. I did Pfizer, that second shot, not, like I had to work the day of oh. that second shot and that knocked me on my ass i was miserable that day uh that being said almost the almost like the day after that um i actually found a lot of my lingering covid symptoms when i had symptoms they were gone i felt like so much better like two days after the shot it was amazing i had a mild symptom but i had tested myself multiple times 
and always mm-hmm. had a negative test, but just like I had like the runny nose, but I was gonna. Yeah, well, it's always good to be safe rather than yeah. sorry. I was also born with a messed up <laughs> septum, so it kind of will no matter uh, what. Yeah, nothing I can do about that. that really loved all those the glares in the grocery store when I'm just. Mm. <laughs> and since it's all compressed yes. on my face, it has nowhere to go but just my nose. That is one thing I noticed with the mask. Uh, with the mask, like if I had a little cough or something, I would just cough into the mask anymore. And then I had to get back used to not doing that, of course. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. I I still have like three in my car. Uh, I had to put some mask in my car because my son obviously isn't vaccinated yeah. yet. And I keep on forgetting to grab a mask for him when we go out. <laughs> but, uh, yes. The moral of the story is get a vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yes, that's everything we had lined up for today. Uh, Any parting thoughts? Um, Be well and do good. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Enjoy life. Get yourself a vaccine. And don't be a dick. (laughs) Yes, that too. (laughs) If you're really desperate not to get a vaccine, for God's sakes, don't be that person. Get a vaccine. Wear a goddamn just, mask, just okay? Wear one. Wear one. I, like, mm-hmm. I, I could think of several other great comebacks for you to say how hard it is to breathe, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to yeah. get CO2 poisoning. Hey, no, you're not. There's a big difference between monoxide and dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, dude, if, if a furry can wear it for a whole convention. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you have trouble breathing through a mask, guess what? There's another option. You get a fucking shot. You yeah, know? or you know, you can breathe through a ventilator. Yeah, that that works too. That's I've heard that's tons of. I heard fun. they busted out the iron lungs from storage, so you know, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> so that's our show for today. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed, and I hope everybody gets vaccinated. <laughs> I want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here. Uh, The theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it.